That's me on the podcast Sharing a song With something to say about it With Thin Lear And Diagra Moon Losing my opinion So I'm uh, probably about a week and a half late here But I just wanted to wish everybody Gunhei uh, Fachoi Celebrating uh, the Chinese New Year here. Just got back from Chinatown, Manhattan. Had a long weekend with the missus. And you didn't contact me? <laughs> what, you're going to drive down a Lower East Side? No, but I would love to be asked so I could say no. All right. Yeah, sure. Very, I'll, uh, I'll loop you in Thank next you. time. I just assume once you're on the wrong side of the Hudson, it's game over. But That's true. Yeah. I'm on the wrong side of the tracks now. You're on the right side of the tracks, based on what I was seeing. But well, real quick, guys. Speaking of uh, New York City, I always have this book nearby. Um, it's called Speedology. It's he's uh, one of my heroes, Timothy Speedlevich. Um, Bennett Mil- Miller made a uh, a documentary about it. It's like his first film. That's the guy who made a uh, Capote and Moneyball. Mm. So um, anyway, I loved uh, that documentary about him. He's a uh, he was a uh, a tour bus guide, and. Um, He's just very funny. He knows a lot about music and just life. He's a philosopher, really. Anyway, in his book, it's all facts about New York and good stuff. And he talks about music. And one of the things, uh, he says that all great bands have half-lives, right? Isn't that very really accurate? So, <laughs> yeah, I so half, we talk about right, that. Half, you're half your catalog, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. You know, uh, you might recognize the third voice we have here with us, Mr. Michael Moran, Cool Kids Lunch Table podcast co-host. Um, go check that out if you haven't listened to it yet. Subscribe. It's great. It's hilarious. Him and his friend, PJ, who also owns a store. I didn't realize yeah, that. You were yeah, telling me yeah. about that the other day. Yeah, he owns... What's the name of uh, that? It's uh, Cool Kids Comic and Toys. Yeah. So when we started our podcast, Cool Kids uh, Lunch Table, he got inspired to open up his own store. Yeah, because of it. So now we have like our own little headquarters, you know. And, yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. so, so. We need to do like a Losing My Opinion yeah. uh, headquarters. Where would, where would that be? Just my basement. That's your basement. I mean, what, what are we talking about? It's hard to sell here? things out of this basement, but um, yeah. And what is this podcast that we're on today? Yeah, let's get it out of the way, shall we? This is, of course, the one and only music podcast, Losing My Opinion. I am exquisitely tired. Uh, indie artist Niagara Moon, aka Thomas Irwin. I'm like pretty energized indie artist Thin Lear, aka Matt Longo. Good for you. Um, Feeling up. Yeah. Well, on this podcast, it's all about the art of the surprise. Mm. <laughs> bum, bum, yeah, you got it. Songs we want to share. We got things to yeah. say about them. The other person or people have no idea what to expect. We're all coming in blind yeah. here. Little show and tell. Little listen and tell. And uh, we got a guest for today. Uh, before we before we hear our guest segment, I have a surprise for I think even myself. Uh, I decided. Tom, oh. so so listeners should know. Thomas had a segment prepared for today. I, I did. saw Mike's face on this Zoom. <laughs> I said, "No, I have to do. I have to hijack. Are you this hijacking this now? Podcast. I need to talk about something. I have no. I, none of this is prepared. This is entirely off the cuff. I'm mm. sure that will be very evident. But we got to talk about this. And here's what I'm, I'm going to start off. I'm going to say, Thomas, welcome to hell. That's how I'm going to start Whoa. this off. Welcome oh, to Hell Time. Joseph Shabison album. Love <laughs> it. You are going to hate this episode. Uh-oh. Uh, I haven't listened to these songs in a really long time. 
So let me start uh-huh. off by saying there was a time, particularly in the late 90s, it was like kind of at the apex of new metal where you would have some really <sighs> wild soundtracks, some wild movie soundtracks <laughs> that just made no sense with the movies. Uh, but they needed to promote a ton of major label bands as the movie was coming out. And what genre goes well with new metal? Horror. <laughs> so you have a oh lot boy. of crazy horror movie soundtracks where it's just like, what is going Like, if you remember, even think back to like Scream or whatever, where you're hearing a song and you're like, what? what is this? How does this connect? Sure. Mike, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this, but there is one soundtrack in particular that I owned <laughs> on CD that you Jesus. would always um, make fun of me about. And I believe we listened to it once back when we were like, I don't know, f- 15, right, 14. Right. Um, the End of Days. Oh, end of Days soundtrack. I was going to say Spawn or Mortal Kombat. Okay, the End of Days. Yep, yep, yep. This mm-hmm. is so no much this is. crazier. Uh, so End of Days is a movie about the apocalypse oh, it and is? the devil and Arnold Schwarzenegger yep. is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's doing his Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. And this is like late 90s Schwarzenegger. So he's like kind of lost his juice. Yeah, he's on the way bit. out. Yeah. Yeah. He's not doing so hot. And he's kind of doing the same thing over and over. Um, this is like uh, the movie Stigmata. If it was like really not yeah. the same level of quality. Uh, but they had this soundtrack that went with it that featured the heavyweight champions of new metal at the time. You got Corn, you got Limp Biscuit, you got Rob Zombie, Eminem is on wow. it. Wow! Uh, sure. Power Man Five Thousand, oh, Sonic Youth, Slumming It for some reason is on there. You got Creed. yeah. What are they doing on there? Yeah, I don't know. You got Creed. Um, wow! And also, also the Prodigy. Wow! On here. Everlast is on here. It's like it is a who's who. It's a murderer's row. Yeah, that's the all star team right there. Damn. (laughs) Like alt rock. So, what I want to do today is, and I know Thomas is going to just absolutely hate this, and I can't wait. I hate everything about this. I'm salivating. I I can't wait to just see his face. Uh, I want to listen to some of the highlights of this. I'm going to call it a CD Mm -hmm. because that's how I know it. And there there it is. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. There it is. End of days. That's uh, a hell of a cover. And I want to figure out, do these songs hold up? You know, because I will say, I'm going to come right out and say it. I really enjoyed it at the time. I really enjoyed this music. So You bought the soundtrack with your own money from the deli, huh? I, this, this is, I think this is pre-deli. I think this is martial arts money. Oh, Tiger. Right. Oh. With Tiger martial arts money. So, uh, so yeah, let's just, let's roll up our sleeves. Let's get into it. All right. Um, <sighs> this first tune, I'm going to share this link here. This first tune is Corn. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the song is called Camel Song. Huh. I'm going to go ahead and guess that this is going to be one of the stronger songs on the CD because uh, I feel like... The first track? Yes. Got it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got to start with a banger. <laughs> and also, I feel like Corn holds up better than most oh, yeah. from that era. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Mike? Absolutely. Look, Corn, look. They got a style of their own. You know what I mean? You can say whatever you want about Fieldy. He's not a great bass player, but hey, he has his own sound. You can't, you got to give him credit for that, you know? So, and Dave, what was it? Dave Sylvia, I think is a great drummer. He's not in that band anymore. Now they got Ray Lutzier. Uh, he's an awesome drummer too. But, you know, we got, what was it? Monkey and Head. I mean, they got a, they were a good dynamic duo. And, you know, Jonathan Davis, the guy's a hell of a front man. And look, I always say this, either whether it's a movie or a music, an artist is at its best when they know what they are, what you know, what it is. You know, they know, hey, we're not 
we're not the Beatles. We're we're here to, when you work out, you got something to listen to. So if you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you'll be blowing away demons or... <laughs> if you got to beat up a demon, this is the yeah, song you want to do it to. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> is Rammstein on the soundtrack? They should be. They're I know. Not. I thought you were going to say that at one point. <laughs> they should be. We got Prodigy on there. So, you know, yeah. there's some some a bit of electronica, but yeah. I, I will say, you know, obviously, well, maybe not obviously, I'm never the kind of guy who's going to listen to Korn. But that band's name, you know, still carries weight after all these years. Like, they got a good brand. They got yeah. a good reputation. I'm not going to mess with what they do, but, like, they do – I I think of them as doing yes. it well. Totally. Yeah, why not start strong here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, like the, they're like the classy new metal band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're really the pioneers of it, really. You know, you could say yeah. Anthrax, all those kind of maybe. But, um, yeah, they're really – or Faith No More. But, yeah, you would say, um, you know, really corn perfected it. You know what I mean? They did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is called The Camel Song. Yep. Wow, okay. Let's I don't know like the song by them at all, so I'm really curious. Oh, you've heard it, okay. though. It's in the recesses <laughs> of your subconscious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, lordy. All right, here goes nothing. I, I do think I'll like this better than a lot of the new metal you showed me, you know, on that episode way back at the beginning. I was I was mean in that the, episode. Mm, yeah, I That think was rough, is, yeah. yeah. This will probably be a, a slight improvement. Here. I made him listen to like Wayne Static and stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. That cover of uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Yeah. To this day, like if I just want to feel <laughs> nauseous, I can put on like 30 seconds <laughs> of that. terrible. Oh. All right, here we go. Corn the Camel Song from whatever fucking year this was. End of days, 99. Some hard panning here, okay. This is not bad so far. This is kind of cool. I love it. That's a weird drum kit sound. sounds like this no this stands this out this isn't my genre but this is clearly unique i'm curious how the chorus goes it's like Ooh, oh, yeah, me too. i don't like the vocals i will say that <laughs> I don't hate this. I'm not getting nauseous. I'm enjoying myself, guys. Uh, Mike, what's the verdict on, on this? Should I be it's, embarrassed? It's, a, it's not terrible. It's definitely a weak corn song. You know, it's a, I wouldn't start an album with this, though. With this for soundtrack, you know? Oh, um, well, we're going to list some other songs on it, so I think you I might think that know verse why. Is weak, you know, and I don't know. Was there, I don't, I'm not a big fan when Jonathan Davis does that, like, yes, I mean, you know, like, I yeah, like when he little... kind of sings more, and I like when he does more like uh, you know his typical shit. You know the like the scat thing, you know all that kind of. Yeah, yeah. Gets yeah. Little yeah. There's a little Billy Corgan. Yeah, in yeah, this. yeah, 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 yeah. But I, yeah, that was that, was, I, that my I not my first choice of corn, but uh, you know. Well, y'all are party poopers. I love that. I love that track. I, I, yeah, I know. I agree with everything you're saying. I, I, 
It does take me back though, and I don't feel guilty about enjoying it's, hearing it's that. It's not oh, embarrassing. No. Yo, if you see them playing that live, I've seen Corn live. Yo, it's trust me, you're gonna be bouncing up and down. You know, that's what it's like. I said it's, they know what they are. You know what I mean, you gotta you could be lifting weights to that or rocking out. You're, gotta, you're not gonna be you know making dinner. Oh well, this guy's working out to George Harrison, so <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't think you're gonna get this in his playlist. You know what? That song we just heard. If I had to like work an all night shift at a gas station. Oof. And I'm, you know, I'm chugging a monster, <laughs> clocking yeah. in at 11 p.m. I think that's what I'd want to put on. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's only going to go down from here. So the next uh, song I'm sharing, this is, I, I think someone's going to tell me I'm wrong on this, but I feel like this was the return of Guns N' Roses oh. after a, a long hiatus. They came back for, for some reason, the End of Days soundtrack to deliver this song it's called, it's called oh my god oh god is, the, is, the <laughs> is this what they had buckethead i'm assuming right i think this is a buckethead experience okay okay yeah i mean it has to be right like late 90s mm-hmm. um this is it's this is, you can cut this later it's a tangent uh, my brother paul showed me this buckethead performance from mm-hmm. like it's like some weird like pbs type thing where he put on this whole show and he's like dancing and stuff and his choreography like it looks like he put in a lot of work. He's kid friendly, huh? Yeah, it's like a, it's he's like a song and dance man. I I but, think uh, I'm pretty sure. I think he has the record for the most albums released ever. He has like hundreds. You know, he just keeps. It's uh, Matt Farley would beg to oh, differ. Yeah. Aside from Matt Farley, <laughs> okay. Buckethead. But yeah, yeah, this guy definitely has tons of tons of you know uh, you know countless. He, yeah, know. that's I do remember like his discography being like impenetrable. Yeah, <laughs> like a Mers bow yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Well, you're gonna get to hear him play. Um, I don't know what kind of shape Axel's voice is in, but uh, yeah, Guns N' Roses on the End of Days soundtrack. Can't believe we're dedicating a whole segment to the End of Days soundtrack. Who else is going to do this? Who else is going to talk about this stuff? You know what I mean? It's going to be lost to time. What a tragedy that would be. What a tragedy. I still have the CD. I want to revisit this film. I only saw it once, and I don't really remember. I remember he's like fighting at a church, but I don't... You know, I can't picture these songs, you know, like in the movie itself. I guess that's what they did, you know, for the soundtrack. Sometimes you used to have like a soundtrack that wasn't even part of the film, you know? That's like inspired by by the movie, you know what I mean? It's some crap, you know, so. Yeah, that shit. (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, we're we're diving into, oh my God, Guns N' Roses, 1999. I don't like Guns N' Roses. Uh, No, I I hate Guns N' Roses. I don't have high hopes here. Yeah, I I really don't like them. Yeah. Kind of nine inch nails so far here. It's not terrible so far. Now it's terrible. Yeah, Axl Rose is bringing the sound. Matt is just eating this shit up. This is great. Gotcha. Gotcha. Oh my god. Oh my god. This is making me nauseous. <laughs> you say you guys would listen to this? Like on the uh, subway? Mike, is this your jam? No way. This is... <laughs> it sounds so... It sounds so forced, knowing where that Guns Rose came yeah. from. And to this... 
Sounds like they got a note from their label, like, hey, can you guys dip into this genre? We gotta get you for the end of days soundtrack. It's gotta be gnarly. <laughs> we got a sweet slot on the end of days soundtrack. Arnold's gonna be in it. Oh my god! <laughs> this is distinctly worse than normal uh, Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I'm turning yeah, this yeah. off. This one, I got That's it. horrendous, man. Fucking, you're fucking tanking the episode here. Socks. Oh man, I love this. I never, I love. This I never topic. like when Axel does like that catch, the the, the cat screech. Yeah, I like when he does the more like yeah, like where did we that low kind of thing, you know? Sure. But uh, you know, yeah. they're best when they're like more rock and roll and kind of bluesy. Obviously, the whole the whole sure. band wasn't even in it. No one was even in it. Yeah, so. yeah. There's not there's not a touch of blues. Nothing. In this, nothing. Uh, nothing. In this tune. Well, did Slash even no, play that's on that? Buckethead. Buckethead is the. I think uh, so. Yeah. Yeah. He's the one who has like the uh, like uh, KFC head, you know, the, and the, the white man. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if you you lo- you're losing Slash though. That's yeah. That no. What was it? Move. What was the other guy's uh, Slash? Duff McKay. Yeah. Hey, Duff. And what was the other guy? Oh, Iggy. Ziggy. Right. Is Iggy or Ziggy? Uh, Izzy. Izzy Stradlin. Right. Stradlin. Izzy Stradlin. Yeah. 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 Him. yeah. You know, who was a big songwriter for that band? But anyway, yeah, Guns N' Roses. I wonder who wrote this one. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Arnold Schwarzenegger wrote it. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, the next song we're going to listen to is from a band that I know Mike loves this band. Mm. Um, it's Power Man 5000. Oh, God. So, <laughs> what the fuck is this? I never used, heard you of never this. heard of this? What's the big song they I used have? To, I used to like them because I used to like making fun of them. We used to have a song called, like, Nobody's Real, but the wheel and the looking down. And they had a song well, called, uh, Mike, no, I got When Worlds Collide. It was basically like a Dragon Ball Z oh, video. Oh, that was the and they're one. Like that was doing the one. these power things and... <laughs> you know, and you know, they're friends with Rob Zombie, that whole thing. And uh, you know, I think it's his brother, right? Something like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know Jonathan Davis. This is a, a zombie. Uh, oh, oh, I think you are right. Yeah. I think you're right. Billy Zombie, yes, yes, like you're zombie. right. Yeah, like his cousin or some crap. I'm getting mixed up with uh, <laughs> Frank Zombie. Jonathan Davis, he had a brother who had a band called who, Ad- yes, Adema yeah. or some crap like that, or yes, you know, his brother just sounded just yeah. like him. So this is this is Power Man uh, Five Thousand. Power Man Five Thousand, and this is song is called Nobody's Real. Oh so my God! Mike it's is aware oh, of this song, oh so my it's, God. it's from this soundtrack. It has the, that uh, we're... Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Thomas is gonna Very love this. The, the song that I was I couldn't remember is When Worlds Collide. That was the one that yeah, I knew. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a hit. Uh, that song might be great. I don't know. I haven't listened to it in a while. I can't say. Perhaps not. But let's listen to Nobody's Real now, which um. I feel like it's going to be pretty rough, but we'll see. Uh, well, this is the first one that ha- seems to have its dedicated music video. Yep. Mm-hmm. There you go. Yeah, it's like a rope. I hate this guy's yeah. hair. Oh, he I has like it. the green frosted tips or something like that. Green? No, it's 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 oh, yellow okay. in this one. It looks like piss stain. Yeah. Uh, why do I got to be the person <laughs> to click on this? This is, all, this is what it's all about. There we go. Power Man 5000. Nobody's real. Yeah. 
fucking hate this. I hate his voice. <laughs> this video is so gross looking. I hate everything about this. I don't know. I thought it was <laughs> this is where it's at, huh? This is this is the late 90s right here. This is kind of cemented itself in that time. What a terrible time. Thomas, do you like this? Yeah, I love it. Um, Alright, well I think we can probably all agree that that Imagine is... Imagine how the rest of this goes. How do you think it goes? Does it go somewhere I think it's else? It's like a typical, no. like you know, like no, breakdown, like don't, don't, yeah. don't, don't. Yeah. You know, it, it had the, you know. the sci-fi electro thing going on mm -hmm. a little bit. Oh, so you, you saying you too. liked it? No, I'm making a <laughs> passive observation. Oh, I thought you maybe you liked it for a second. Um, you could see how like Nine Inch Nails, even like Bjork, had like such an impact, like on that whole era. You know, you Nine know? Inch Nails <laughs> and who? Bjork. Bjork. You're saying Bjork. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. song Army of One or Army of Me. I can't remember. Army yeah, of Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That big like wolf, you know, sound. Yeah, the industrial yeah, sound. Whole, yeah. You know. This is the Happy Meal version of it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Happy Meal version. Trent Reznor sure. like was just really struggling in his Trent life. Trent Reznor is like, hey guys, I don't have as much integrity anymore. <laughs> guys, I, Yeah. Yeah, maybe if he didn't have that that uh, technical training. Forget David Fincher soundtracks. I want to do a yeah. We're gonna do uh, yeah. diarrhea colored music video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is the last song we're gonna listen to mercifully. I think for everyone. <sighs> yes. Um, but we're going out with a bang. I don't remember at all what this song sounds like. This is the song. It's called Crushed. It's by everybody's favorite Limp Bizkit. Um, you knew they had to be. On this soundtrack, it wouldn't be wouldn't be a right metal soundtrack if they weren't there. No, it wouldn't be right. So, let's go out with this one. And I think we can all agree that this was a good purchase for me at the age of uh, thirteen, fourteen, however old I was. Yeah. I think this was wise. Is the movie like good at all? Like hidden gem, or it's terrible? No, no, no. I think no, it was no. just. I don't remember being terrible. I think it's just so like just forgettable. You know, which is its own kind of terrible. You know. It's a poor man's stigmata. That movie's worth watching. Yeah, I, have, so I haven't seen the movie in years. Mm -hmm, but it's good, though. Yeah. All right, this one's called Crushed. Matt's got a shit-eating grin on his face. It's Limp Biscuit. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he had to do it. He's got to do it. The trademark. Right, they, this is where they like veer towards just like making beats and him just rapping over it. It was like, what is the rest of the band doing right now? This is like all program stuff, right? It's like a Radiohead with Kid A. They've got a great drummer, great bassist, and they would just like do this. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't necessarily dislike this any more than that U2 song you showed. No. Oh my god. Well, we'll talk about that after. Mike's gonna disagree with you on that one. 
I wouldn't have guessed this is Limp Bizkit. Oh, now we're quoting Steve Miller Band there, huh? Okay, yeah, yeah, all right. I think we've... I think we've no, we're going to keep it rolling. You brought this on yourself. This is bringing the energy level down a lot compared to the previous tracks. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, this one... You know the thing about this one is it's not it's, a, it's not like fun bad. It's there's no it's like, uh unless West Borland yeah. comes in later with the you know John Otto. It's like background music. This yeah, is when like Arnold's just, like polishing his guns. You know basically he's like they like the montage. Be. He's like putting the bolt <laughs> on his chest. He's putting the war paint on, and then you know then it's like he's, then he's right in front of the whatever the church a mausoleum and he starts blowing things away. You know. <laughs> yeah, this is an interstitial song. <laughs> Yeah, I, that was the, that was the week. I thought, you know, I saw Limp Bizkit. I was like, oh, this is going to take us to another level. And it turns out it was actually pretty modest. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did this together. Yeah, three of us. Wow, memory oh, lane. Are, huh? mm-hmm. Took this journey. Um, I hope the listener enjoyed it because there's no way in hell people listening to this podcast have heard this soundtrack. Uh, and I think we know that's for a reason now. But let's let's pivot to something else. Uh, Mike, what have you been listening to this week? Listen, my opinion. Oh, wow. Well, it's been, uh, I guess, a res- I guess whatever your favorite bands, you kind of go through like, like seasons, like, okay, I'm kind of burnt out with them. Then, then you get back into them. So I've been to, uh, back into Dream Theater. Their oh, founding boy. member, Mike Portnoy is yes. back in the band. I was thrilled. Um. Uh, I was super happy. This. this is like a dream come true. Like a dream theater you know, come die true. Hard. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, you know, I can, I can go on and on about how much I love this band and how, you know, having like one of the, you know, founding members come back and it's really huge. So yeah, I want to share some of uh, their songs, why I think they're special and why I think they're really important. Um, I think for like, I call them like an indie band. I know it's my, I might be blasphemous to say, but it gives you some kind of background. You know, when they came out, like in, like, I guess, 92, that was like the first real Dream Theater album came out. You got to remember, Nirvana came out. They're not glam rock. They're prog rock. But, like, you know, they're from Long Island. That's another reason why I felt connected to them. But, you know, they just did everything that they're really of the example of, like, how to, like, pursue your dream and, like, never give up. And, like, you know, they were they never really had label support. It wasn't until, like, got into, like, the two, early 2000s when they finally got, they got onto Roadrunner. You know, records that had like Slipknot and all those bands, you know. And by then their fan base was already huge anyways. It was almost like an afterthought. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, they had the cult following, you know what I mean? They're all good. They're all geeks, you know what I mean? Like, you know, musicians, you know, 90%, 99% male fan base like Rush, mm. <laughs> you know. And you know, they're, they're really putting out, now it's more trendy to do it, putting out vinyl. But they were like, you know, of course, there was bands that did that back mm. in the 90s. But they were really ones who pushed that kind of stuff and being on forums and you know, all that kind of, you know, and um, yeah, I just really love their, just their story. And if you're not into this kind of music, just their story is amazing. And it's really funny stuff. Mm. Um, well, Mike actually tried to, has has spent a, a good portion of his life trying to get convert you. his friends. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's me and this, this other group of fellas that hung out in high school, try to get us into this band. I mean, he, he worked hard to try to open my eyes to it. I will say... And I think we'll get into this later. 
I was never quite able to get into it. I think for mm. for reasons that we'll discuss as we go on, there's like I, I th- their musicianship cannot be denied. I don't think it's like impossible. They're incredible, but um, when I went to see them live, I had a blast. Like I had a great time. I enjoyed every second of it. It's almost like when people, and I hope this isn't insulting yeah. to you, Mike, to hear this, but like when people talk yeah, about yeah, fish yeah, or whatever, yeah. like jam bands, they're like, you don't, you're not going to understand it unless you see it live. And people try to listen to like, you know, a, a fish record. There's a whole podcast about it, and you know, y- y- you're just not able to get it until you have the whole experience. So, I'll say that did change my mind a bit. But uh, Mike has done the Lord's work in trying to get me into this band, and, and to varying degrees of success. We have another friend, Teddy, who um, I don't know if you know this. I know you know this, Mike, but uh, uh. you asked him. <laughs> you asked him one time. I think you just came out for like playing it for like half an hour in the car, and you asked him, um, you know, do you are you like do you like this band? Like, are you are you getting into it at all? And then he goes like, Mike, I hate Dream Theater. <laughs> and he was like so like there was no humor in his voice. Yeah. Like, he was just like so against it. Um, I imagine you run up against that a lot, Mike, when you try to bring forth this music. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, you know, actually got my wife, actually, she actually wanted to go to a show just to see, like, what's the big deal about these guys? And she enjoyed it. You know, I mean, she's going to listen to their records now. But I think she understands why, I, you know, I love them. And, you know, when I first, before we get into their first song, which is the first song I ever heard by them, which is significant. But like I said, so give you a quick background. So I was in a band. The first band I was in, we had pretty good success. You know, we got published in a, like in a book contest, you know, um, still published today it's called so you want to be a rock star so you had to write like a letter about your band and then after you got like the first round you submitted a demo tape of your band and then anyway we did a book tour blah blah blah. so we were very into like you know nirvana and all those bands of the 90s third eye blind matchbox 20 but when we got into dream theater you know it then then we got a keyboardist and we got we became better players and we wanted to expand our sound so anyway i think that's the reason why we even got into that book and did a whole book tour and all that crap but uh yeah, the song I'm going to show you is called Six O'Clock. My brother is a drummer. My brother's a huge, my point in my family, my brother's a very accomplished drummer. And one, uh, my brother's older, his other friend is older than him. His name's Joe Zizzo. He, he, uh, he was in the band The Sleeping, um, Sky Gone, Sky Goes Gray. He was a drummer for Sky Ferrara. I can't remember her name. She was like kind of big. She was like a Miley Cyrus type of girl. Yeah, I remember her. Yeah. Very amazing drummer. But anyway, during the, you know, this is like 96, 97, um he's like oh my brother rob like, you gotta check this guy you might like them anyway my brother was like blown away he never heard drums play like that and my brother got a cd it was actually a used cd it used to be a place called music trends which is basically where you yeah. you know like a thrift store of music i remember my brother came home he put it on and i wasn't saying like to be truthful i didn't fall in love with drinking it took me about two years to get into them but when i heard this song i'm like yeah this is definitely special so um yeah i never heard keyboards like this i never heard uh guitars like this drums like this vocals like this you know Especially growing up in the '90s, and I have an older brother and an older sister, you know, fresh yeah. mode and all these kind of the Stones, and I can go go on and on. But anyway, this is six o'clock. I love the lyrics too um, right. to this song. So yeah. So the song is called Six O'clock. It's by Dream Theater. Uh, the album is called Awake. This is from from 1994. So if anybody's listening to this today who's never heard of Dream Theater today, how would you like briefly? Give them an idea of what they are. So, like, 90s progressive rock bands? Yeah, I would say that. Yeah, they're probably the poster boys now for prog rock. So, if you like Rush and you like Metallica, you're definitely going to like Dream Theater. And even though oh, they're Metallica, crazy. okay. Yeah, if you're going to – they're melodic. That's why I, can, I can't get into a band like Mashuga because it's too technical. I can't – my brain, it's not musical to me. Dream Theater was like the perfect marriage of, like, okay. good musicianship and some, you know uh, – 
Are they like Thomas has has no idea what you're talking about when you talk about Meshuggah. Oh, okay, like really crazy technical. Like I don't know, it's not pleasing to my ear, man. Double double kick drum. Yeah, 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 crazy time signatures. Yeah, it's just like uh, math. Thomas didn't subscribe to alternative press growing oh, okay, up. Okay, I okay, did okay. not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, print media was on its way out by the time I was a teenager. Uh, oh man. So, are they anything like yes? Like when I think of progressive rock, I think mm. yes and whatever Genesis or something. Uh, yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna, they have like they're pretty because they, you know. As the songs I picked out, they have a pretty wide range, so they're gonna have songs mm. that are like this one, which is kind of just a six-minute kind of rock and tune. Then they have like ballads where it's just like a okay. piece of guitar, and then they have twenty, thirty. They have a, a song that's an hour long, you know. All so right, they got one of those orchestra. Bands. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, it's a pretty diverse kind of eclectic. Yeah. Uh, are yep. they generally a quartet, a quintet? Oh, uh, yep, quintet. Yep, five times. All, right. mm-hmm. all right, so I'm big sound, virtuoso performances, lots yeah. of chords. That's what I'm preparing myself for here. I, uh, I'll, I'll come clean right up, right up at the top. I've had very, very, very limited uh, experience with Dream Theater. I really strongly feel like I'm probably not going to enjoy this today. But uh, oh no, I knew you would. Disclaimer. Well, we'll see. Well, let's I, I am going to give this trade. a fair shake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's their their yeah. album covers have always been kind of you know they catch your eye. The very surreal kind of Salvador Dali uh, inspired. All right, but anyway, six o'clock Dream Theater. This this is the song that made it click for you. Yes. Yep. Yep. And All my right, brother. Cool yep. stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's let's do it up here. Imagine if Thomas became a Dream Theater fan after this. Hey, you know, I could use some more stuff to listen to. That's all fine by me. <laughs> all right, very 90s sounding drums there. Oh, here we go. Hear the rush on the song, you know. Six o'clock and the siren kicks in from a dream. Try to shake it out, but it just won't stop. Can't find the strength, but he's got a run And would the chop before he sleeps? I may never get over, but never's better than now. I got faces to cover. And this, what the song is about is uh, the keyboardist wrote. He's no longer in the band. Um, but it's about when your alarm goes up at 6, and it's about this man who, instead of pursuing his dream, now he wakes up at 6 o'clock every day going to his 9-to-5 job and not being really happy. So, anyway. So and when he's at work, he's just kind of stressed out, like, I should have really pursued my dream, and here I am. Not doing that. Hearing that alarm go off. <laughs> and that's a rough feeling, man, if you don't pursue that. So, anyway, yeah. The riffage is is undeniable. It's great riffage. 
Uh, and the thing that always turned me off from them, and you know this, was Libri's vocals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would always have a hard time getting into the vocals because he was so like... Oh, yeah. Especially maybe in the later stuff, he's just like really like operatic or something. In this, he's less so. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a different point. This is still him, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, not, yeah. I mean, Labrie, for me too, that's why it took me kind of a long time to get into them. But now I love Labrie because he's kind of versatile. And look, the man's in his late 50s, so he can't hit these crazy notes like he used to. I kind of like, you know, as I got more into their catalog as a kid, you know, it's like he has that kind of operatic thing. He kind of has this low thing. And another song on this album, I'm not going to show you guys, but it's more kind of like, kind of just, he kind of just has a good like speaking voice, you know? Not like he's rapping, but... You know, but yeah, the guy can really, his voice is more versatile than, you know, once you give it a chance, you get used to it. You know, I think it's more pleasant than like a, like a Getty Lee or something like that, where it's like, you know, (laughs) to me. So, um, but yeah, this guy could do ballads, but yeah, totally for me too. Even my brother, my brother made a mixtape when we we first got into them. It was all of Mike Portnoy's drum parts and none of it had (laughs) any vocals. So it was (laughs) was like a snippet of like 40 songs of all different drum patterns and my brother would learn. But um, yeah, it wasn't really. So you acknowledge you got to kind of warm up to yeah. it. Yeah, so I can totally get that. Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Thomas, what are you? How do you feel hearing it? So the guy starts work at nine. What the fuck is he getting up at six for? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm trying to. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a long commute. Yeah, a long commute. Yeah. I start working nine. I get up eight fifteen. <laughs> So, I mean, that's part of you learn that in the song. He's like four. He's got to work on his time management skills. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so look, this this kind of music was never going to be for me. Yep, I'm not really a rock guy so much to begin with. Uh, there is no element of it that's offensive to me. I mean, I there's there's nothing in here that's rubbing me the wrong way, mm-hmm. uh, which is nice because I kind of didn't know quite what to expect. Uh, the vocals, little Axel Rosie. Parts, no, like that kind of growl, or yeah, I could see that. I, think, I mean, that was like you know, I mean, just kind of the era, maybe. Yeah, I mean, you gotta remember, like, they were coming out of that whole, like, you know, I think they were established in like 1985, you know, and um, their, their original singer was much more like way odd, he did not fit at all. Charlie mm. Dominici, uh, he passed away, I think, last year, but um, that was way more like. Like a queen's right, like, oh, like, uh, no yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> well, that wouldn't fit in quite as well. Yeah, yeah. and Labrie's more like, kind of like more, <laughs> queen's right. you know, had a bit more like like an attitude and his voice just is like the perfect fit for them, you know? I I do wonder, because I'm really, my my tastes when it comes to rock music really often skews towards like the early 70s. And I do wonder if these guys were an early 70s band and like using that kind of recording equipment. So you're talking about production. Production, mm. yeah. And like if that was – if they were just kind of same guys mm-hmm. but kind of like swimming in those waters, like going with those trends more, if they'd suddenly like go into yes territory where I do I do enjoy yes. I'll put on close to the edge and that – like I don't quite know what is super musically different between close to the edge and dream theater or at least a song we just heard. Uh, but for some reason, I gravitate towards the former way more than the than the latter. But you like King Crimson, right? King Crimson. If it's the right mm-hmm. album, I can get into King Crimson. So, like, I kind of, you right. know, I'm assuming those guys are kind of following in, in. Oh yeah, the keyboard right now is going to tour with yeah. King Crimson. Yeah. So I don't know what it if it's like because I, I even down, you know, I I produce music myself. I really I pay attention to 
like what the reverb is doing and that kind of thing. And mm -hmm. I hear those drums and how they're affected because they're coming out in 1994. Mm -hmm. And that's like the studios yeah. they're working in. Like, and that's just like right away, that's a big turnoff for me, which isn't, you know, super fair to those guys. But uh, yeah, just long story short, I do just wonder like if they were uh, 10 years uh, earlier, or 20 years earlier, like if there'd be something that would change yeah. for me just based on how my, my tastes go. But again, they're they're not bothering me, which is yeah, that's, that's big, that's Mike. Good. That that's out of the gate. Nah, that's good. Nah. Mm -hmm. Just to tell you a quick story about drink that I that I love that I really that I could not really I guess I could somewhat relate to. Just in terms of like trying to pursue your dreams and but it's funny because sure. they all like went to school for music, you know, Berkeley and they sound guitar, like Berkeley guys. And, and Petrucci, the guitar player, tells us great stories. Like you know, when I was in high school, I was you know I, my music teacher told my parents, says your son should really pursue, you know college for music so so Petrucci says like you know, I had to convince my parents <laughs> to go to college to pursue a, a, a music career and then when they he met the other members of Dream Theater in college then they had to talk to their parents about quitting music school to, <laughs> to pursue a music career <laughs> uh, several <laughs> so, layers deep it's a great oh man I love that story so it's really funny how you have to you know convince them and then convince them again to drop out of school. So amazing. But anyway, the next song I have that I chose for you guys, it's from the same album. Um, it's called the silent man and it's just, uh, guitars and the singer. That's it. All right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Mike, I'm curious, what instrument uh, do you play? Oh, I play guitar. Yeah. I'm not as good as John Petrucci, but, uh, once I started listening to him, even now I got, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, I do even do a little callback for him in one of our, my band's, uh, we're in definite hiatus now for a, probably a decade now, but um, we were kind of we call, used to call ourselves alternative prog. So it's mm. uh, if you had Soundgarden, you hear a little bit of some Mike Portnoy drums and uh, <laughs> some keyboards, you might like us. You know that kind of vibe. We're perfect circle if they had some more you know, <laughs> uh, melodic in there. But yeah, just hearing this album Awake was like mind blowing. It's like oh wow, the same album they have this song that kicks off on six o'clock, and they have these really heavy songs, and then all of a sudden they had this nice pleasant song. Alrighty. Also, sounds like we're going to hear a ballad. Yeah, I guess you'd call it a ballad. Yeah. All mm -hmm. right. So this is called The Silent Man. What album's this from? Same album. Same, same album. Yep. Oh, mm -hmm. okay. Wow. Okay. Mm -hmm. I got to say, so far, also, modest track lengths. I know you, you said something about how they have like a song that's an hour oh, long. Oh, yeah, yeah. This, this next one coming up under four minutes. Yeah, don't get used to that. Yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. some of those some of those songs where we just be if we had like a twenty minute drive, it'd be like, is this the same track we started with? <laughs> yeah, some troll, you know. Mm -hmm. But I have those coming up. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. A question will serve the silence like a fever. A voice never heard. Or Message with no receiver. Pray they won't ask behind the stained glass. There's always one more mask. Has man been a victim of his one, of his fall? Not to bother, will he suffocate their faith? What is Labrie like? Six, seven? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's catching my baby, but maybe six foot. Behind 
I do remember you playing this song in the chorus. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would never have guessed this is Dream Theater. This is it's a big range here. It's a totally different style. It's coming right up on the edge of like jangle pop or something. It's pretty jangly for a prog band, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is closer to something I'd listen to. Yeah, you might like some of their other songs like that, you know? Um, do I think you like all their songs? No, but you might make a nice mixtape of them. I think you would. <laughs> you could get like an EP out of it that he would yeah. really love. So Matt, had you, you were familiar with that one? Yeah, I recalled it. I think I, from them, I prefer kind of exactly what Mike was talking about at the beginning. And maybe because I just never had the moment where they click with me, but... I prefer instrumental stuff from them. You know, like I think in the beginning, like when we listened to the first song, like that was kind of my favorite bit, just like hearing the riffage. Yeah. They're all extremely technically proficient. You talked about the production being really clean. I think that's part of it too, is like it kind of even got cleaner as it went along because they are known for being incredible yeah. musicians and a lot of people are listen, listening for that. So I think that's that factors into the production where it's like you, you know, they want everyone to hear all those bits. Yeah. So And that... Uh, and that album was recorded live. I, th I think I, I have the same feelings about the vocals that Matt does. Maybe it is a little bit of a... I mean, he's doing everything right. He's technically gifted. It's just... Yeah. Music is so weird. It's, it's so arbitrary. Like, it just yes. comes down to mm -hmm. taste so And like much. I said, it took me two years. Same thing with my brother. So for, it's, for it I to totally get it. Huh? Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like one of those things. The more you listen to it, the more you're going to like it, you know? So It's, <laughs> you it's great to, when you find something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this next song I'm going to show you is from the album Scenes from a Memory, which really oh here we this go. This is the one that hooked this me. This album, yep. This oh is the one my that... god, I've heard this thing from <laughs> so this, front to back. This is the album that got me like I fell in love with them. So this is a concept right. album. It's actually um, it's called Metropolis Part Two, Scenes from a Memory. So they're on their first album. They have a song called Metropolis Part One, and this is the I guess the backstory to that song. But basically, I mean. I mean, I do make lyrical connections to it, but to give you a long story show, what the story's about, it's about this man who keeps getting these dreams about um, I this know girl the who story, passed actually. away, and um, he wants to figure out, he keeps getting these dreams, it's like, it's like a kind of mystery. So he goes to a hypnotherapist to like go back in time in his past life to figure out what happened. So the, the whole album's about him going back in time, and they and throughout the album, they shift from like present day, him figuring out what happened in his past life. He was... He's a, he's a woman. Her name is Victoria. And um, yeah, so yeah, this is the, to me, cool. it's the best album. Uh, my favorite album. And the one, oh, wait, those are my two favorite albums by them. So, but yeah, this one's really excellent, you know? So, anyway, this song's Cold Home. I would probably skip maybe like maybe, uh, a long intro. So maybe like go like a minute 15 into it. It should all get right. into the, uh, you know, the groove and all that shit. Cool. Yeah, it is a 13-minute long song. Yeah, it's more in line with my expectations here. And this is gonna has more this like is... Egyptian feel, like you know, like kind of like a, a sitar kind of feel, you know, with the keyboards anyway. Mm -hmm. This is the era of Dream Theater I'm most familiar with, I think, because Mike oh, was yeah. super into this at that point. So I do, I do know this album pretty well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Shame they couldn't make it to the end of day soundtrack. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, no, they're, they're yeah. classier than that. No, I don't mm-hmm. think. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, this, I gotta say, this album cover looks a lot like the poster to the horror movie 13 Ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk to about the that. point where I'm like, did they rip it off? or No, no, they always from... make fun of themselves saying how they all okay. these, they have all these weird connections with things. Their last album a couple of years ago has, looks like similar, something similar from like a, a newspaper article. Huh. And yeah, they have a lot of freaky things. Yeah, they're, you know. All right, here we go. Bass is sounding like Tool. Oh yeah. right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's sending me Driving way back in, the, the cuttings, in my mind yeah. this is that's probably my favorite of the tunes that we have uh listened to today i think that's the one i enjoy the most yeah yeah great album if you're into concept album they definitely will definitely dig that album for sure mike has told me the story of that record yeah a few times. i want to hear it i know it pretty well and even if it's funny because uh, like i said i love dream there i love their they're funny guys i think i think all great bands in my opinion, always have a good sense of humor, especially about themselves. Oh, they, I hear and, that. Yeah. And when they explain their own album, they go, we don't even know. <laughs> you know, but it is based off of, they were inspired by a movie that had a similar um, uh, story where someone goes, they go to a hypnotherapist to find out what happened in their past life. 
So, and at the end, it has a little bit of a twist. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to spoil it, But, yeah, it's like you find, like, the murder, murder mystery in that song, Too Homie, find out, like, uh, basically it's about these two brothers fighting with the same girl. You know, one kind of staged, uh, it's like a murder. He, mur- he, um, he framed a murder-suicide, but he, the brother, even I'm getting confused now. Uh, <laughs> Did they end up, it turns out that they're the same person? No, 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 okay. no. They're different people, but, um, um. Oh my god, I can't even explain it. It's like <laughs> it's hard. You got to hear the album it's, to get gotta, it. It's like you hear the basically they to... trick you. I mean, like because they go, they reference our newspaper articles. The newspaper article is not really what happened. It's actually reversed. The other brother actually did the murder suicide thing to frame his brother. Uh... You know, um, yeah. And I remember in that song. I remember as a kid, it's like a they, they you know, there's like a keyboard solo. Basically, when they're having sex and they hear like, oh, you know, and, it's, oh, <laughs> and when, the, when the keyboard goes to a climax, to the girl climax, oh, and so yeah. and the keyboard team's like, oh shit, can't play this too loud at all. But um, uh, but yeah. But anyway, uh, the next. Oh, were you gonna say Thomas? I'm sorry. No, not nothing. I'm I'm ready to go to. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So, so this is the final track to uh, to get well, things off here. Maybe if you could do this one and one more after this, that's that's all right. That's all okay. Right, I'll make a special right. exception. Yes, thank you, thank you. Because the next one, that, so I saw the, I saw Jim. They're open for yes, and they played this one song uh, on purpose. So they thought the crowd would like it. But anyway, this next song, um, when they were writing their follow up to this to sing some of memory. Uh, the guitar player, John Petrucci, and the drummer, Mike Portnoy, they saw Pantera live, and they said, we got to write a song like this. And this song basically was like a career changer for them, because now they're invited to metal shows, mainly because of this song changed there. Because before, they were just really proggy, not metal. Now they're prog metal, you know? Mm. But this is the song that kind of started that whole thing. And the Glass Prison is about the drummer's alcoholism, hence, you know, Glass Bottle. Anyway, you could probably go like a minute and 30 seconds in, you know? It's All a long right. intro. So the glass prison. uh, This is from Six Degrees of Inner Turbulence, two thousand two. I know this record as well. Yeah, this is the double album actually. So the second, the second, the second part of the album is the forty-five minute song. Yeah, so Uh, (laughs) but it's really it's really like five songs, eight songs. That's a sweet. Yes, (laughs) the one we hear the beginning of it, and the cars, the locks in Mike's Mike's car just go down. You're like, oh shit, we're going on a long drive. (laughs) <laughs> All right, here so, we go. The glass prison. Yeah, I'm not sure you're gonna like this one. Times a little bit more medley. Why? Why not shake things up? Here we go. Yeah. I know this song so well. Mm-hmm. I 
I'll take this all day. This is it's just, for me. It's it's the vocal bit. I think that's that's a killer for you. It's like it's hard for me to get past that. And this is a little, this is where it breathes a little bit more uh, like sailing, you know, like ah, you know. <laughs> Again, they're they're flexing the range. We went from the the, uh, the kind of jangly pop song earlier to that. Yeah, and I, I appreciate you letting me show you this, share you this one last song. Let's um, do it. Where are we landing here? It's the it's the, the last. La- it's, la- it's, it's from the and I look. They have about 15, 16 albums now, and these are the <laughs> this is like their best shit. You know what I mean? This is the cream of the crop. Uh, but truthfully, I'll say like ninety percent of their albums are like solid. That's you know pretty mean? good. You know, it was yeah. So. Um, and you'll enjoy it, you know. But anyway, this is from the same album, um, but it's a double album. This is like I think track six, um, part right. two of Six Degrees. And like I said, that song is at like an hour long. Um, but anyway, when I saw them open for Yes um, during that tour, they played all more of their lighter crap for that, which makes sense. That could be playing Glass Prison. <laughs> but if they played this, I think you might like the uh, uh, flow for, of this one, Mr. Thomas. Mm-hmm. Start at the top here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, All right. Even you know, if you just, I think you'll even just like the beginning. Well, acoustic now. Getting whiplash. Ooh, 12 strings. Here we go. <laughs> That's a yes keyboard riff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> A totally different vibe. It's the same album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His mama always did her best, and he was daddy's pride and joy. He learned to walk and talk on time, but never cared much. I don't know what this band is. Each song is a totally different vibe to me. The more, the more you dig in, the more it's a mystery. So, yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, that's why I love them because. Uh, they can have a metal song, they can have a song like this, they can have a ballad, they can they have songs that's a little bit more industrially, that some are song with orgasm noises play on a keyboard. Yeah, exactly. They have all kinds of uh, or just instrumentals that are just, you know, crazy crap going on, you know, so yeah. That's what makes them special, you know? So for me anyway. I'll say I I kind of feel similarly to how I felt at the beginning, where it's like I really, you know, their playing is obviously incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did really enjoy, like, the rocking out parts, I think, more than I did back then. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Maybe I'm just I'm more in that mood now at this point in my All life. All those but, years of Jersey road rage building up. Yeah, that's where it's coming from. It's still the same thing. I still have the same trouble with the vocals. But I, I feel uh, an admiration for their fan base in the way that I do for, like, Grateful Dead fans or yeah. Fish fans or whatever, where it's like, People are, are really committed to their music and their story, and yeah, I just I love that. I love that fandom. I admire that fandom. I wish I had it myself for a band that was like currently active. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I'm jealous of it. I think, uh, you know, for your listeners, if you're going to check them out, really check out their stuff from like, you know, 92 to, uh, I'll say 2005. That's like their yeah, that's pretty generous. Sweet and then, spot. Yeah. And then because you know, the, the drummer left, you know, and then the albums after that, because he's like one of the primary composers, you know, so you lost a lot of that chemistry. Uh, but those albums. Losing a Phil Collins there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but now he's back. So I'm really excited just for their live shows, you know, so. Um, but yeah, but even the post Portnoy albums, some are, some are good. Some are not good at all, but <laughs> but uh, like I said, all great bands have half lives. But yeah, that's a DT wow. man. Mm-hmm. Got the full DT experience here. Mm-hmm. And what have we learned today? I feel like we learned a lot. I feel like we learned first and foremost, end of day soundtrack is okay. high up there. Oh yeah, on the list of <laughs> definitely a time capsule. Bat, mm-hmm. A time capsule, bad mm-hmm. shit, horror soundtracks. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I want to be a broken record, but I think bands like Limp Bizkit and Corn, they, they know what they are. Limp Bizkit are a bunch of goofballs. They They're know what they, they know. They don't even take themselves seriously. You know what it mean? is so refreshing. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah. always get that with rock bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would. I would echo that. I learned. I probably want to avoid Thin Lear CD collection if I can help it. <laughs> I got a lot of wacky shit uh, in there. We can revisit. We can revisit some other stuff. Oh, I'd love to. I will say, just in the past, having never really sat down and, and taken them in, mm-hmm. I had a more, you know, let's say, skewing negative impression of the <laughs> band. I do not have that anymore. All right. Yeah, that's that's a huge victory. Yeah, man. You no, know, they're just doing their thing. It's not the genre I'm always into, but they're doing it yeah. well, and I can. Yep. They're doing right by their fans. I, I can see why they're why they've had that cult following for years. Why they've uh, you know always held their own. Glad to mm-hmm. hear their original drummers back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, what do we have to plug here? What do we have? Michael. What do you, yeah. what do you got going on? Well, to, just to plug, if people are interested in visiting uh, my my in, my business in, on Indefinite Hiatus, we're called uh, Tomorrow's Fire. You can go to tomorrowsfire.com. You can search it on YouTube. Um, we actually have a song that we recorded. We have a guest soloist. It's by Derek Shirini, the former keyboardist of Dream Theater. He plays on one of our songs. Oh, shit. Which is our most proggy tool uh pantera like song and um but there are if you're not into that kind of style uh like i said we were very the whole band's at the dt so some of our songs are not like that so if you're into more like perfect circle or even u2 or the band failure you might like some of our other tunes so yeah tomorrowsfire.com and then uh yeah if you like if uh you like podcasts like losing my opinion you might like my my partner pj uh cool kids lunch table uh, you can find us on Podbean, all those other things where we just talk about film and music. We do music reviews, album reviews, uh, any everyday life stuff. So basically, it's kind of like if you hung out uh, back in the day at your lunch table, just hang out with your friends, talking about life, things that you enjoy. Uh, so that's the kind of vibe we have there at the, at the lunch table. So and you guys got to come to our lunch table one day. You guys got <laughs> sounds good. Yeah, a podcast Absolutely. where you talk about stuff you enjoy. I yeah. like the sound yeah. of that. We don't do that often. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and uh, Thinly, are you got anything cooking? Uh, next week, I have an announcement. Oh. Well, so t- this next, is coming out. Podcast. This is coming uh-huh. out February twenty first. Yes, next week I have I have an announcement. Cool, cool, yeah. cool. And I got another single coming out from my upcoming album, Rebuild the Circus. Uh, the song Rebuild the Circus that's coming out Friday, March shit, March first or Mar- March eighth. Friday, March shit. One of, an, an early 8th. Friday in March. You got another single coming, so watch out for that. Oh, wonderful. Excellent. And if you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, dear listener, uh, you can go ahead and subscribe so you never miss a future episode. You can follow Losing My Opinion on Instagram, 
TikTok, or X. X. Oh, nice. And uh, <laughs> I didn't get to do a segment today, so thankfully I, I had nothing to say, and I could be I could have been wrong now. I could be wrong now. But I don't think so. Yeah, that's his thing. Oh. That's the thing that he does. Yeah, it's a great thing. Uh, and I'll say thank you, Michael. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, great thanks to meet for having you, man. I had a great time. Yeah, man, same here, dude. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you, yeah. I really enjoyed that. And uh, I'll say so long, suckers. We'll, we'll see you next week.